0: <laughs> you ever reach a point in your life?
2: when you say to yourself this is the best I'm ever gonna look the best I'm ever gonna feel the best I'm ever gonna do and it
1: ain't that great happy birthday for Mitch Robbins turning 39 wasn't the end of the world it just felt like it I'm losing hair where I won
2: hair and I'm getting hair where they shouldn't be here I found four big fat ones on my back I'm starting to look like the fly
1: he couldn't put his finger on what was missing show him the brochure it's fantastic but his friends could two weeks the three of us driving cattle what like in a truck no it's a real old-fashioned cattle drive go away with ed take phil go and find your smile welcome to the stone ranch believe it or not that work you saw a while ago y'all are going to be doing that the next two weeks
0: my answer is just watching this what do you think i think you look like one of the village people
3: Welcome to Rewatchability. We're a podcast on the Entertainment One Podcast Network. I'm Robert larone With me, as always, is Blaine Waters and JM McDabb. And we have a rootin' tootin' movie for you today. Before we get into that, though, we want to thank our Patreons. Those are the folks who give us a little bit of money each month. Could be one, could be three, could be five dollars. And that helps us keep the podcast going. And in return, you get the podcast early and ad free. And sometimes there's some bonus content. We try to get that out to you every once in a while. We'll
0: take you out to the
3: desert and <laughs> and go
2: camping. <laughs> That's not a threat. That's something nice that we would do for someone.
3: Honestly, that sounds great, man. I've been stuck at home for exactly one year. so <laughs>
2: In the Canadian winter, so the desert sounds pretty good. I'll take it.
3: Today, I, we have a, a big movie to talk about. It is City Slickers, the 1991 comedy film starring Billy Crystal and Daniel Stern and Bruno Kirby and Jack Palance and... This is going to be the thirtieth anniversary year of City Slickers. I think it came out probably in November or something. Why do we
0: keep doing anniversaries so wildly off of the
3: well, actual time when they came out? I know, I, you know, I, it's just that November because we do. Halloween movies all October and we do Christmas movies all December we only have like four weeks to do regular movies in November so yeah. I figured there was no chance that we were going to actually get to City Slickers and I think City Slickers is a movie that we should talk about because it was a big movie it was a huge comedy it also like
0: like you said while we're in lockdown this movie falls under the category of I'm just happy to watch it because it makes me feel like I'm outside
3: yeah <laughs>
2: yeah it's therapy
3: environmental
2: therapy it's a good pick too Rob, because I don't think I've thought about this movie since it came out, so i'm I was excited I to think rewatch about it
3: every day <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, you know I, it was a big movie, and i remember i mean we'll get into it okay Let,
2: first let's start with let's start with you, Blaine. When was the first time that you saw city slickers I don't have any like definitive memories of it. I remember like some things from the movie like i'm on vacation like getting dragged by the bull stuff like that but i don't that's i don't right. have any like memories around seeing the movie itself i'm sure it was just a, a rental at my home but i remember i mean i liked billy crystal i don't know why as a young kid being like billy crystal that's the guy but i liked him a lot and i remember liking this movie a lot but i was kind of worried about it cuz it's you know it's 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 early 90s mm. you know there's got to be some uh some some mm-hmm. pretty bad things in it um mm-hmm. especially when i was watching it and i heard like someone say like it's the 90s i was like oh god <laughs> right. oh god yeah. there's gonna be some bad things in this
3: yes that famously enlightened time the 90s <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: and the the paragon of social justice that is billy crystal it's <laughs> here so to usher us through this uh, well yeah we'll, we'll get into it but the movie does try to be like yeah a little like,
2: forward uh, thinking uh, yeah. it tries to be and i think it does like maybe an okay job but i might be eating those words later but i yeah i remember liking it so i was kind of worried seeing it again how bad it would be and how unfunny it would be but what about you jm when did you first see this movie
0: well, I, you know, I feel like when we started this podcast early on, we watched a lot of movies that Blaine watched at sleepovers, <laughs> and it became kind of a thing we made fun of yeah. about him. Yeah. So I feel I bad every time I have to say <laughs> that I also saw a lot of movies at sleepovers, and
2: you son of a I, bitch. This
0: was one. This was one of them. I saw this at a sleepover, probably wow. around the time it came out. Like, if it came out in '91 uh, in the winter, I probably saw it in '92 in the summer when it was a new release. And I remember, yeah, it was one of those sleepovers where you rent a few movies. This was a big movie. And we all watched it. And uh, I don't have any distinct memories. I remember being, like, caught up in it, like the the sort of dramatic climax, of, you know, being affected by that. I remember all of us being kind of grossed out by a birthing scene that we'll <laughs> talk about later. Uh, that This is how I was introduced to the, to the miracle of life. <laughs> And, yeah, I don't really – I liked it fine, and, you know, it played on TV a lot in the years after that, so I did catch it a few times on TV. I believe I saw The uh, Legend of Curly's Gold, City Slickers 2, in the theater. Like, I, I was that invested had in, to, yeah. in, in the City Slickers saga. So, yeah.
3: no, I Are they going to bring back Jack Palance?
0: <laughs> In the stupidest way possible. No, actually, it wasn't the stupidest. Apparently, like they were going to bring him back as a ghost at one point. <laughs> so, long lost twin was only slightly less dumb than him being a ghost. But yeah, no, I always like kind of enjoyed this movie. But I, yeah, I definitely haven't seen it as an as an adult. And
3: man, it was way different this time, <laughs> uh, which
0: we'll talk about. Yeah. Rob, what about you?
3: Yeah, I. I I think it was a rental for us. I think that we rented it as a family. I think it was one of those movies that, like, we could all watch, my mom and my brothers and sisters, and we all sort of enjoyed the comedy of it. And Billy Crystal was a very family-friendly comedian, so it was a safe bet. And I remember really enjoying it. I... I remember it being like one of the funniest movies that I saw when I was a kid. It was hilarious. It had adventure. All the characters were crazy. Billy Crystal was hilarious. I was definitely all in for Curly's gold. I, I, I think I was fine with the fact that he was a forgotten twin. It was like, you know, I didn't care just as long as they were having more adventures out there. And, yeah, I remember really loving it. And I loved Jack Palance. He made such an impression on me. I guess I remembered him from Batman as well. But, yeah, he was so great. And, yeah, I likewise hadn't thought of it in a long time. I think that Billy Crystal, like, he he his moment ended and he sort of, like, quietly went off except for, like, doing pixar's uh monsters you know movies mm. or whatever else video games that he has to do they sort of cart him out for that but other than that he he doesn't do much anymore he's you in know? stuff
0: isn't he he was in like a movie with ben schwartz a year or two ago
3: okay was it- yeah
0: he had a tv <laughs> show too didn't he did he yeah he did and he okay. watched it and he doesn't have a tv show anymore yeah he yeah Like an FX show or something where he played like a Billy Crystal type character, I think.
3: (laughs) Right. Well, that's what I mean. Like his, his star hasn't stayed way up there, even though he's been in like a million hilarious movies. Like at some point after the 90s, he just stopped being a leading comic figure. And so I think a lot of his movies have been sort of like sort of forgotten about. Which is maybe
0: not when Harry met Sally, which I know. Well, not when. No, of course not.
3: I mean, I mean, not not all of them. But But like some of them
0: for our generation. I don't know how people feel about him because, like, I certainly like watched a lot of Billy Crystal movies when I was a kid, like City Slickers. But in retrospect, I kind of think it was just because adults kind of told me he was funny or like society as a whole deemed him as a funny person so yeah. i was like yeah okay and it wasn't until i was older where i was like i don't know if he is that funny or the, if i you know like him that much but yeah we were all swept up in billy crystal fever in the early 90s you who's know, always hosting the oscars mm-hmm. and and uh you know do it like i think i saw forget paris in the theaters wow <laughs> and then i was like why why am i here like <laughs> why am i doing this
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean I don't know. I think Billy Crystal is funny and I even remember seeing him in that like one weird season that he was on SNL when I was a kid and thinking that he was like a really funny yeah persona.
2: Yeah. You know? He
0: is, you know, he is funny. I'm being too harsh, but he's not like, I don't know, he's not the kind he's of He's not
2: Robin guy, Williams. Uh, he's not like uh, funny that like a kid no. would gravitate no. towards. You know, like a Jim Carrey or Robin Though Williams.
0: we should do we should talk about Father's Day sometime.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Robin Williams, Billy Crystal movie. Yeah, like I, yeah, I, I don't know. I'd be interested to to revisit some Billy Crystal stuff. There's just something that, like, I guess when you get a little older, there's something that seems very uncool about Billy Crystal. Yeah, but maybe Absolutely. that's maybe that's you know not the case. Maybe it's maybe it's time to reevaluate that. Maybe Billy Crystal, no, he's not cool. Remember, he also had that like one man show. For a long right. time. Right. Yeah. Where he's yeah, on yeah. like the back porch of his house, like talking about his childhood. It just seems what, like, so Don't silly. Get Me Mad
2: or something? Is that what it's called? No, know, it was, it was called
0: like 6,000 Sundays. Six, seven, or... 700 Sundays. Yeah, or seven. oh, a okay. lot of Sundays. It was like... too many Sundays. <laughs> yeah.
3: <it's> like <laughs> maybe one Sunday with Billy Crystal, but <laughs> no thanks. 700? <laughs> Please. Okay, but let's get into City Slickers, because there's a lot to talk about. A lot of themes in this movie. Everything is happening in this movie. We got to get to it. So it starts in Spain at the running of the Bulls. And this is such, like, a weird scene. Like, it kind of doesn't even really need to be in this movie. No, not at all. We do get some, like... Some classic uh, shots of Billy Crystal running and looking backwards as the camera is coming after him and they're
2: playing like some uh, wackity sax music. Like, I I know that they're like at a location, they're not on a green screen, but the way he's running makes it look like he's running on the spot all the time. I don't know if Billy Crystal knows how to run. (laughs) He's like (laughs) running never run in his life.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, it's weird because I didn't remember the scene at all. Yeah, being you know, I don't remember this being in the movie because I remembered that the premise was that he gets to go on a crazy exotic vacation, and that's the movie, and that's like to find himself or something. Mm-hmm. But the movie opens, and they're like, they're already doing it, already doing a crazy yeah. Apparently, he does this shit vacation. all the time.
3: Yeah, <laughs> he's always having cow-based adventures every year. It's
0: a it's a bovine themed <laughs> holiday. <laughs> <laughs> on a regular basis and this movie takes place like within a year of that right so they're going on multiple vacations yeah like why, how do they have that much money that they're doing this all the time also how yeah. did he
2: not I... find himself in Spain it's such a magical beautiful place I don't like right uh, Spain yeah. no smile to be found in Spain <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like Barcelona with like all its cathedrals and stuff yeah. like no Gouty <laughs>
3: No, I mean, yeah, I, at the beginning of the movie, it is sort of hard to sympathize with his character because he has, like, a whole bunch of non-problems. Like, f- at first, first he gets sort of in trouble at work. His boss, Jeffrey Tambor, he works at a radio station, and he's the guy who approves the commercials. And apparently he's doing a shitty job, so his boss, Jeffrey Tambor, tells him that uh, he's going to have to run the commercials by him from now on. And that really gets him down and sends him into, like, this existential crisis. Next thing is his kid, little Jake Gyllenhaal has his take-your-parent-to-work day, and he's preceded by this, like, you know, like, sort of lumbering construction worker with his ass crack showing. his character actor is so much,
2: and he's so good. Yeah. He's so funny. Yeah, I was, he's amazing.
0: I, I coincidentally watched Total Recall the day before oh, I nice. watched this. And he is also a construction worker. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs>
3: he's great, though. Yeah, he, he's, he's amazing. But Billy Crystal, I mean... Jake Gillenhall lies and tells his class that Billy Crystal is a submarine captain. He's so ashamed of his dad, who works at a radio station. I mean, I don't remember what it was like being a kid all too well, but I... I- thought that like radio stations were pretty cool. I seem yeah. to remember that being like a pretty big
2: deal, especially in, in like the 90s that was cool. Yeah, in like the late 80s 90s, like we've we've talked about the radio like teen radio stuff on this on this podcast uh with And uh, it's still
0: cool. It's Slater always cool. Movie.
2: Yeah, it's so cool. It's cool. Yeah. Even so, podcasts I mean, are cool, right?
3: <laughs> well, that's uh. not uh no. <laughs> but <laughs> rewatchability, draft time show, We're rob- rob in the afternoon.
0: Whoa!
2: <laughs> just sounds like you're recording that going down a slide or something. <laughs>
0: we got Blaine's funny names coming <laughs> right back.
2: <laughs> the worst segment
3: that we've ever had on this show. Now we got to bring that. back Oh, it's yeah. just mean. You've been dropping the ball, the funny dance, Blaine. <laughs>
0: But he has, like, he has kind of, like, a meltdown in front of his son's class, which is a bad place to have a meltdown.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. <Okay>. Well, <laughs> yeah.
0: And you can see yeah. the seeds of, like, the uh, emo, goth, Donnie Darko, Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, you know. <laughs> Cellar be- being door. Being
2: seated. Yeah. Man, yeah.
0: Did I say seeds being seated? You can see, you can see the beginning of, of yeah,
2: Gyllenhaal, uh, Gyllenhaal going. Yeah. Billy going Crystal so, ruined him is what you're saying. Just, just took away. Then he brought it back. First movie too. (laughs) He
3: fixed it all with Mr. Music. (laughs) Oh my
2: God, that was pretty amazing.
3: That was pretty amazing. My dad's name Mitch, and he's he's a submarine commander.
1: Danny, submarine commander.
3: He works for WBLM Radio. Oh. Well, like uh, Danny said, I work for WBLM Radio.
1: Are you a dish jockey?
3: No, I'm not a dish jockey. You know the commercials that are on the radio?
1: Oh, do you make all those commercials?
3: No. But also, he has a birthday party and he is not feeling great about his birthday. And wow, uh, wow. <laughs> but. <laughs>
0: Is no, that like
2: all at his all of these friends that he has, like I how do we feel for anyone in this in this movie? How do we get behind anyone in this movie? Because his his one friend, Bruno Kirby, right? He mm-hmm. he's he's a he's a funny enough guy, but he's like his whole character is just like I gotta get through as many women as possible and as young as possible. And you're like, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, why why yeah. would I ever get behind his character? And then Daniel
3: Stern. I mean, so we great. love Daniel He's Stern. So you know, everything's great until somebody comes in and says that they missed their period. And it's Lisa Simpson.
0: <laughs> this is uh, Yardley. Is it Yardley Smith? Is that how yeah, you say Yeah, I think it? so. Yeah.
3: I mean, it's just so... Like, I I don't think I was looking at the TV when she came on screen. And I just heard her voice. And it was, uh, it was very confusing.
0: <laughs> that was actually... If, if you ask me, like... The number two memory I have from watching this at a, as a kid at a sleepover, it was all of us freaking out <laughs> when we realized
3: it was Lisa Simpson.
2: Oh, that's fun. She's great. I always like her. Yeah, when she's funny.
0: She shows up and things.
3: Oh yeah, she's she's good. But yeah, I mean, yeah. How can you sympathize with these guys? Daniel Stern has like cheated on his wife. Who they're also like painting like a joy killing, no fun, domineering, cold, frigid, whatever.
0: Yeah. yeah every 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 uh, line. Or every piece of dialogue they have describing Daniel Stern's wife is basically a Henny Youngman joke.
2: <laughs> it's just there's lots of all these constant this movie. put downs. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. But he does have the line which I really like. He's like, "I hate you so much" to his wife. And he goes, "If if hate were people, I'd be China." I don't know why I like that line so much. It's kind of hacky and overwrought, but I like it. Yeah, it's kind of yeah.
0: it's, it's funny. Daniel Stern is really funny. He's so this.
2: good.
3: Oh, he's great. Yeah, I remember him being an absolute highlight uh, in this movie.
0: And it's funny, whenever he was talking, and I was like looking at my phone or something, it, I it felt like I was watching <laughs> the Wonder Years for a minute.
3: <laughs> so many good voices. <laughs> Am I in Monsters University? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> But all of his friends get him this trip to do this cattle drive thing that is going to help him sort of get his mojo back. And he, at first, he says he can't do it because he and his wife are supposed to go to Florida. But he's been such a misanthropic grump that she doesn't even want him to go. So she's like, "Please, no! I'm telling you, go on this trip. Well, it's also, I
0: it's funny watching this knowing that." We all watched it as kids because it's like the conversation that precedes that is her being like, hey, you should probably go on this trip because I don't know how long your dick's going to keep working in this relationship. <laughs> like the, like the, she like points to his junk and is like, yeah, because they're talking about Daniel Stern basically. But she's basically like our marriage is probably going to fall apart. You're not going to be able to get erect. Go on the uh, the cowboy. She didn't know that trip.
3: Viagra would be invented. How many years until Bob Dole would be shilling that? So it starts
0: with a conversation about boners, and then a minute later, uh, she's like, Go get your smile back.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Your smile equals erection. It does.
0: Yeah. And then,
2: yeah. And then she's also like, Go get my smile back, is what she was saying.
0: She oscillates between being like "Go get your smile back" and then being like "You're not welcome (laughs) at my parents' house." Like it, it's weird. This wife is just a non-character, you know. Oh yeah, that's what's so frustrating. Or one thing that's frustrating about this movie is like, sure, I, I get that characters go through midlife crises like this. We've seen it in a lot of things, and we may be tiring of like, you know, affluent dudes. You know, <laughs> uh, having these types of problems or, or seeing them in movies. But, like, I just don't understand, like, watching it now as a guy who's supposed to be the same age as Billy Crystal. I mean, we didn't talk about yeah. this, but this oh my is God, his I 39th know. birthday, Yeah, which oh fuck. terrified me when I heard that because I'm not that much younger than that. And I, I had to look it up and thank God he was well into his 40s. <laughs> 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 Still got a couple years left Yeah, uh, But I, it's
2: just I'm so drive weird Drive some cattle to like... <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all go crystal clear Oh god
0: I don't know like I, I just feel like when you're in a marriage When you're in like a partnership with someone Like these are conversations you have all the time And these are like feelings you share Unless you have like a much younger partner Like Bruno Kirby Like this is probably <laughs> something They're experiencing together This like you know hurtling towards 40 you know like getting older or conversations they would have in advance of her telling him to go on this camping trip
3: yeah well yeah i mean there is some of that like you know the whole like he hates his birthday and all of that stuff like she almost cancels his birthday because he's going to be miserable but he actually you know insists that he wants to see his friends so i think that they are sort of dealing with his chronic Sort of misery and yeah, you know, I mean, unhappiness. I think he... But
0: also, he just went on vacation. That's what really bothers me. It's like You just had a vacation. You should. Yeah, and he
3: got himself a new asshole
2: toward. You know, yeah.
3: <laughs> I was just yeah. If I was his wife, I'd be, I'd be like down a... after that too.
0: Enough cows. Just don't. Yeah.
2: No more cows. Leave
0: it. We got back a week and a half ago.
2: <laughs> what are we gonna go to the Amazon next? Oh, I guess that's really depressing. Sorry. <laughs> just go to a steakhouse. Just go to a steakhouse. Get revenge. revenge. Okay,
3: but this is where the movie really starts to kick in because then they go and do the cattle thing at the thing with the thing. They go to the ranch the guy from Walker Texas Rangers, there, Noble Willingham, and you know he has lots of colorful euphemisms that involve shit to, uh, to tell people.
2: <laughs> man, I remember that so much when I was a kid. Like I grew up around a lot of like factory workers, and and they'd all have like these shit metaphors that they'd use all the time. Like, oh yeah, yeah, like H- having a
3: colorful
0: metaphor oh, was like
2: currency for that. Yeah, like slicker, no. slicker than deer guts on a doorknob was one that I remembered. Oh, I thought that one's one. pretty good. You've said that one on the podcast Yeah, I probably before. have.
0: Who is it that calls them city slickers first?
3: I, I think maybe Noble and yeah, does is. just when they arrive at the ranch. Yeah, because like, you're all city slickers now, but we're going to turn you into a bunch of goose shits on a log and a frog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but there also there's a one point where one of the characters that works at the ranch is like goddamn city slickers or something. <laughs> right. I was like, this is your <laughs> job. Like you the whole like <laughs> premise of your business is that you bring people from the city. <laughs> on a
3: vacation they're to buying this place clothes where they here? would normally be well that's part of the experience is the uh <laughs> is the uh, disgruntled rural people it's like yeah. if you didn't get that you it wouldn't be authentic you got to have like some ranch hand like saying uh city slickers and spitting some tobacco it, they're oh always my god spitting. that would have
0: been amazing if If the end of this movie, you found out that they were just, like, pretending to be terrible.
3: We're actors. Yeah. I'm going to be doing Pippin on Broadway.
0: Curly comes out at the end. He's fine. Like, everyone, like, all the cows were animatronic.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Just Jurassic Park. It was just Jurassic Park with cows.
3: Or Westworld. No, 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 no. No, they're real cows. But they tell them, you know, at the end when uh, he tells them that they're all going to be turned to meat. That's just something that they tell all of them. So that they all have like the real authentic experience. <laughs> <laughs> Just fucks with them. Okay, but so there's a bunch of other people there too. Like there are two guys who are basically Ben and Jerry. Yeah,
2: yeah. Ira ben and Glass. Glass something. Something.
3: Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Ira and Ira and Glass. Yeah, it's Samuel L. Jackson from uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <I'm> Unbreakable. <laughs> and there's also a single woman there. <laughs> whose uh, partner doesn't show up. So, I you know, I feel like Crystal's going through a midlife crisis. So, uh maybe something will happen there, huh?
2: It's so weird. It's so weird that they keep on setting that up and like Bruno Kirby keeps on being like, "Why won't you cheat on your wife?" like the entire time. <laughs> it's like that was a great Bruno Kirby, too. It's like who are these Why won't you che- Yeah. Who are these friends of yours? Why
0: are they your friends? God damn it. Also, we later find out like his whole thing is like, he's like, oh, my childhood was just really messed up because my dad cheated on my mom. It's like, what? The whole movie you were <laughs> trying to get your friend to cheat on his wife with Supergirl. Oh, yeah.
3: Jesus. Oh, my God. I can't believe that was Supergirl. Also, I love Supergirl. <laughs> I think we should do it on the podcast. I could oh, forgetting yeah. about that. Okay, sure. sure. Um. Yeah, Supergirl. Okay. But yeah, no, I kind of understand <laughs> Okay, first of all, Rob's, Supergirl. Rob's just turning okay. into
2: one of the ranch hands from...
3: <laughs> City, slickers. <laughs> City Slickers. No, it's... but... I, okay, but I do kind of like yeah. the, uh, the Bruno Kirby arc. Like, yeah, like, he hates his father, but he is stuck in the same pattern of behavior as his father, and he wants to change. That's why he's gotten married, but he doesn't know, you know, whether he's done the right thing or whether he can, like be a different person. I think that's like a really interesting
2: arc.
0: I get it. But like the whole, the other whole thing, the thing we find out is that like his wife, I think his wife wants to have a kid. And his he doesn't want to do that yeah. because he he thinks he can't help but cheat on her. Right. And yeah. he doesn't want to bring a kid into that because of the experience he had. That's okay, sad. I like that. It is sad. And I think I think there's some interesting stuff there. But again, like Billy Crystal has two kids. And he's continually <laughs> trying to get him. Yeah. To cheat Come on. on his wife. She wants you. Yeah. It's, it's
2: weird that they feel that they have to, like, interrogate every character through the main character, like, through Billy Crystal. So instead of Bruno Kirby being like, I'm afraid I'm going to cheat with someone, like, he's like, why won't you cheat? Like, it's it's just a weird way the writers will, like, set it up.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, the The other thing that's weird about this movie is, like, the... The whole thing is kind of centered on, like, Billy Crystal, like, getting his smile back, like, getting his emotional catharsis. But his two friends are really going through something.
2: Yeah, like, actual oh, yeah. things. Yeah.
0: yeah, like, Bruno Kirby's got this stuff going on. Daniel Stern, like, may have impregnated a young woman. His marriage has fallen apart, and he's lost its job because the supermarket he works at is owned by his father-in-law. So his life is completely... Uh, in disarray, and then gonna have up to start robbing
3: houses. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, but at the same time, like, I'm not feeling sorry for any of these characters. Like, at the beginning of this, I don't really care if they change. Like, it takes me a long while into this movie where I'm like, oh, you have the capacity for change, but I don't see it at the beginning. Yeah, uh,
3: I have to agree. I like gave them, I wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt, but. They're all
2: so awful, especially (laughs) at the beginning,
3: and like, yeah, it's kind of like like
2: why would I care about these people? It kind of felt like the last episode of Seinfeld, where like, oh yeah, these are awful people that I was watching as a kid, um, that I like enjoyed so much.
3: Yeah, but they do turn it around. I think for me too, I have to. I have to say, you know, there's something about the, the wilderness and the cowboys that makes me just forget all about that. Yeah. But, I mean, a... the first thing is that, you know, when they get to the ranch is Billy Crystal has to sort of stands up for the single woman
2: who's getting, you know, harassed by some cow pokes. Also, like, how do they still have a business if they just have these two lunatic would-be rapists working for them? <laughs> like, how, do they, how have they not gone under? It, anyway.
0: That's the first time we're gonna say that this episode, but it will not be the last time. <laughs> what is this business? Why is this the first time this is happening? Why are they employing all of these people? <laughs> like yeah, and this like Billy Crystal feels like he has to go in and kind of like save her from these two guys, but like realistically she should have just walked over to like the guy and be like, I I think I want to refund <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or I think also, I'm going I'm to suing. sue you. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. There's some yeah. city slicker lawyers over there that are gonna help me through this. <laughs> Jesus,
3: oh city slickers. <laughs> but yeah, so they go. They learn. They do learn how to do all the ranching stuff, how to tie a, a, a lasso and all that. And Billy Crystal's bad at the lasso, so that's a thing. But then they go on the cattle drive, and oh, and also they meet Curly. Now he is the meanest some bitch you ever seen played by jack palance and he is he's not having any and he actually like you know he intervenes finally to basically save billy crystal's ass from being kicked by those other guys back at the ranch but he's not a billy crystal fan uh he has not reevaluated his oeuvre like we are and
2: uh he's also doing like the a really good clint eastwood impression like i feel like i've seen jack palance in other movies that he doesn't have that voice and doesn't have that squint Mm, and stuff
0: i don't know i think Clint Eastwood probably got his shtick from Jack Palance. Oh, okay.
2: Well, maybe yeah. you're right. He yeah. said it was from Marilyn Monroe, right? That's what he said. Clint Eastwood? What? Yeah. He said he was trying to, like, imitate her dulcet tones. I think. Well, then he fucked That's- up. Oh, no, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you feeling lucky, punk? <laughs> Happy birthday, Mr. President. <laughs> oh,
0: is that when uh, Marilyn Monroe sang that song to an empty chair? <laughs>
3: First of all, it's there are some fish out of water things that happen like they're not they don't really love the riding of the horses. Their butts hurt after a while. They have to, like, ice their balls. And also Billy Crystal causes a stampede with his coffee grinder. And then they have to go round up all the calves. And uh, then there's a few more still missing. So he has to go out with Curly. And it seems like Curly's probably just going to murder him in the desert,
2: which, you
3: know, (laughs) at this point you're kind of okay with.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think there's a little bit more going on there to the 90s, like, gay panic of it all, where he's like, this is going to be like Deliverance. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, there is a few Deliverance references, too.
0: But, that you know, that, uh, that Deliverance joke aside, I was not impressed, but I was glad that there weren't... A lot of, like, gay panic moments. And and there were, like, some actual, like, tender scenes between the three friends. Like, at the end, like, Bruno Kirby just gives Billy Crystal a kiss. And there's not, like... In a worse movie, there would have been some, like, reflexively uh, uncomfortable joke or something after this. Or even the scene where they're all icing their balls together. It's intimate and nice. And uh, and you can tell that these guys care about each other in a way that other movies... Wouldn't necessarily have been as comfortable doing if that makes sense. Like even like the, yeah. the the kiss at the end, I feel like must have just been a Bruno Kirby thing because I think he's a good actor.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. and and even I really like that. And even I mean they they use the F word in here. It's in the mouths of like those rape would be rapist guys, and what I kind of you know, saw in that moment that was kind of nice was that like, it wasn't like he said that word at Billy Crystal. And then Billy Crystal was like, now I have to fight him because I can't be thought of as gay. He was just like, yeah. he was like, okay, uh, if that's what you think, cool. Uh, and, and moved on. And I thought that was uh, not only like sticking with the character, but probably okay for the times it was into.
3: Yeah. I was, I was also impressed by, I, I And I just liked the way that these three guys could be like friends and affectionate and be vulnerable with each other and talk about their problems. And I thought that those were all things that were good and surprising about this movie, because when you see it described a lot of the times, it's like. Three guys who are questioning their masculinity or feeling bad about, you know, not being man enough go to recover their masculinity in a masculine sort of masculine environment. And that's actually not what this movie is at all. Like, yeah, the cowboy thing's a bit butch, but, you know, they, they're they like just three guys who are like, you know working out their problems in like a healthy way. Yeah. And it's it's nice. Well, and,
0: yeah, and like the most the most impactful thing is the thing that happens next, which is Billy Crystal delivering the calf. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a birthing scene that really like is the most uh affecting or one of the most cathartic yeah. Uh, yeah. important moments for for the character.
3: And just before that, like he is having he sort of gets to be buddies with Billy Crystal because they just sort of, like, talk about their tension, you know? Instead of, like, you know, not talking about it like Mm -hmm. you would expect, like, you know, two cowboys to do. He's just like, hey, I was this way and I'm sorry. And, you know, and then... They have, like, some nice moments. They sing a little campfire tune, and it's beautiful.
2: <laughs> the campfire... It
3: was nice. The campfire
2: yeah. tune scene is so masterfully done from Billy Crystal. Like, all those moments. And, and the sound design of that scene, too. It was just really, really well done. That was one of my favorite scenes. If it's going to kill me, get on with it. If not, shut the hell up. I'm on vacation.
1: See them tumbling down, pledging their love to the ground.
0: And Jack Palance in his Oscar-winning performance. Yeah,
3: yeah, True. yeah. It must not have been much else nominated that year. I mean, <laughs> I think he's great. It's a great no he's performance, great. Yeah. but like, yeah, it's so weird to think of this as a movie where an actor would get nominated for yeah a best supporting actor role like it's you know it's well, such a yeah. broad comedy you know
0: but if I, it's because he was you know a
2: hollywood legend too
0: a makeup yeah, absolutely.
2: oscar kind of thing
0: now we've been kind of lauding this movie for for doing a lot of things right there are a lot of like cringy things uh, about these <laughs> early scenes too not just the scenes with helen slater as as like the the lone woman they're all like hilariously creeping on yeah it's the majority of the movie yeah but also there's, like, they, the other people who are on this trip include, like, uh, a dentist and his son who are both black and, like, they're introduced. And I think the second sentence they say is, like, yes, we're black and we're dentists. I was like, what? Why, <laughs> yeah. Why would they say that?
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, it wasn't the, ri- the, anyway.
0: and then the Ben and Jerry guys come and they're, like, uh, you know, they're they're not, like... Movie star, good looking, as David Paymer and, and uh, Zero Mostel's son, and like the second thing they say is like, "Yes, we're ugly," and it's like, "What? Why? <laughs> Don't say that, guys. That's, that's not cool."
3: Yeah, I have to say though, I really liked the little arc that the uh, the father and son yeah. character had. Those actors were like just really good and just like delivered their like emotional moments so clearly and. With only having like two lines to do it, it was like really touching. Oh, they're so he, good! Yeah, yeah. And the the father
0: is played by Bill Henderson, who also plays the cop in Clue.
3: Oh, and yeah.
0: So, I've always like his voice is just so <laughs> deeply ingrained in my subconscious from all the times I've watched that movie, and he's fantastic. Yeah, yeah.
3: He is. But so Curly dies. Yeah. He just dies. And then they're sort of left with these two ranch hand assholes. And 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 Tracy Walter. That's right. Yeah. Cookie, the cook, he he gets drunk.
0: The screenwriter took an early (laughs) early lunch that day.
3: I think that was like a convention (laughs) of the old wagon trail and chuck wagon. It's just the cook was just called Cookie. You know, they didn't really do names back then. Sure. I don't know. So
0: there's, <laughs> yeah. But there's, there's so far, like the ex, almost half of the expedition is run by Gotham
3: City's seedy underbelly. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Bob the goon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's great. I, I, I liked, uh, I was happy when I found out that he was that guy. Yeah. So it's a big, it's a big thing. Cause yeah, the doctor, the dentist, and his son have to take. That guy, Bob the Goon, back to the city. And those two guys get drunk off of Bob the Goon's whiskey. And then they have this, like, confrontation with Billy Crystal where they're going to shoot Norman the cow. The cow that Billy Crystal just birthed with his own hands out of a cow's body. They're going to shoot him. And Billy Crystal can't let that happen. So he goes and stands up for him gets him to stop but then you know they get violent and Daniel Stern goes fucking crazy on them I love it yeah
0: this is great
3: it's pretty amazing
0: again we gotta back up for a minute here this is a vacation that these people have paid for (laughs) this is like this is like if you went to like club med and went for a swim in the swimming pool and then the lifeguard pulled out a gun and like threatened to kill a puppy club dead (laughs)
2: It's crazy. I'm, and we didn't even talk that, like, Bob, the the goon or whatever, he, he murdered two horses. Like, he just yeah. drove them off a cliff. Like- and
0: got rid of all their food. He drove, <laughs> yeah, he got drunk and drove their wagon full of food off of a cliff. And I was like, what? what? Is, how many times have they done this trip? Is this the first time they've ever done one of these and this is a new <laughs> business and it's just gone horribly? Or is this, like, the 500th time and they just happen to be... They have,
2: like, really good insurance or something. Like, (laughs) like or like there's like
0: lead in the pipes at that ranch and they've all just slowly gone mad.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't seem to be well thought out. No. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, you know, in other cattle drive movies and like Lonesome Dove, there's like a whole bunch of ranch hands, not like, you know, two ranch hands and then like a bunch of, you know, inexperienced people. It seems like it would take more people. Yeah. I don't know. I'm into cow logistics. <laughs> but, <laughs> cow logistics. So then they, the two guys ride off, and so they have to figure out what they're going to do because they're still in the middle of the wilderness. They have all these cows. What are they going to do? That's cow logistics. You, you <laughs> need to get, get those cows back to the uh, Ranch or whatever wherever the hell they're going They
0: don't know they're, where they're going They're probably going to die because of the mismanagement Of this terrible operation
2: Like l- literally at one point They're like where do we take these cows And Billy Crystal goes well we were headed In this general direction <laughs> 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 Like you're trying to hit A house like on a like 365 degree, like you're not gonna do that. It, it was just insane. Uh, they didn't have GPS. Yeah. I can't find my way it's around a the desert. city without Google anymore. How did they? No. Anyway, it's insane.
3: Yeah, but and Billy Crystal, he's not. He doesn't want. He just wants to abandon the cows, and it seems like that's what everybody wants to do. But Bruno Kirby and Daniel Stern, they decide that they're not going to do that. So they actually are going to go bring all the cows and bring them all back to the ranch themselves. Phil, Phil, you have like a day's worth of food and water left. We'll be all right. Maybe you won't. Well, maybe we will, Mitch. Why don't you just accept that maybe you don't know what we're going through? I know exactly what you're going through. And you think that bringing in this herd is going to make all the broken pieces of your life come together?
1: Hey, you don't want to do it, don't do it. We want to do it. I'm not doing it. Don't do it, I'm not asking you to do it. You have been talking me into doing stuff like this my whole life, and I am not doing this! What are you, deaf? I'm not asking you to do it! Great!
3: Come on, Phil.
2: Yeah, and this is where you start, like, gaining respect for them. You're like, okay... You know they've made yeah, mistakes. Yeah, like what the
3: fuck, Billy Crystal? Like,
2: it's like I was right about you. You're not funny. <laughs> um, but then he comes. Through.
3: There you go. Yeah. They're back. like, we're
0: all going to herd this metaphor for our collective <laughs> problems together.
3: <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: Well, because I, I again, like, I can't help but feel like this all works better for the supporting characters. Like, I love the idea of like Bruno Kirby, kind of like he doesn't say it, but you can tell like he has this idea in his head. Like, if I can do this, if I can like hurt right. these cows, then and I'm get responsible them back enough to their home. Yeah, then then maybe I can yeah be responsible enough to like look after a kid. Yeah. And and he's so driven in those scenes i and daniel stern is just like has gone you know is so uh despondent like it seems like he's if he's like if i can get these cows to do this thing maybe i can get my life back on track and billy crystal his problem is so abstract my smile
3: <laughs> still frowning huh. but i guess it's that like
0: that he supports his friend is like
3: his his the
0: thing that yeah.
3: I mean, his problem Absolutely. is so much more abstract.
2: It is just like he
3: just doesn't feel satisfied. Well, I think, but I think, honestly, yeah. I think, he should just be on medication. Maybe.
2: I think his problem is, oh. is kind of his fear of his impending death and that he has done nothing with his life, right? Which is like, oh. so when he births a calf... He 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 realizes like in that moment he's talking about he his, has
3: two kids he, one of them is Jake Gyllenhaal yeah yeah
2: exactly but I think he's 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 saying you know like he's remembering back and when they say like what's your what's your best day and they have the conversation they go you can't say your kids that's too easy and I think like there's some things built in there for Billy Crystal to realize totally. like his family is the most yeah. important thing but I could but have I told him things- that things- <laughs> like everyone could have it wasn't something you you needed to go you probably
0: shouldn't have embarrassed your son in front of all of his friends oh god (laughs) but I I, again like I feel like yeah that stuff's built into the movie and like in a minute like as they're hurting the cows like Billy Crystal has a near death experience where he goes to save the the baby cow in the river Norman Uh, and like you know his life flashes before his eyes basically or you know he has that moment of realizing what's most important because of his near death experience which is his family and his children (laughs) But that would be so much more impactful if he hadn't had a near death experience 30 <laughs> seconds into the movie. Like, I know. Bro, you're almost gored by a bull. Like, yeah. Why didn't you have this realization then?
2: Yeah. Hey. True. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> yeah, I know.
3: Yeah, well, so, but okay. But they get the cows back and everybody's happy, except. That Noble Willingham, he tells them that, well, they're not going to take these cows back to the other ranch like they usually do. No, they got a really good deal from the meat company. and uh... We've got to
0: herd all these cows and ship them over to Arby's now.
2: <laughs> Where they get thin Maybe sliced. Help us with that.
3: Just herd them into the uh,
0: meat grinder. <laughs> Yeah. And the, and he says, like, something to them when they get back. Like, He's like, oh, we thought you we were all dead. You know what? You're all getting your money back. It's like, what? And then his wife is mad. She's like, what? Like, I, they could
3: probably sue. Come <laughs> yes. on. How could they not sue
0: them? Their guides on this trip, one of their guides died, and they had to bury him. Why did they the hire, like, a nine year old guy? drove their food off of a cliff, and the two other ones tried to murder them. Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. and that a was rigorous fitness test that was after they tried to
0: sexually assault one of them while they were also before they'd even gone this drives me crazy this why if this movie would not exist if Yelp was a thing in 1991
2: TripAdvisor <laughs> man no one just... would
0: recommend this, this uh, business oh my
2: god two stars <laughs> yeah yeah I don't know did, did i i kind of remember like i at this moment i kind of remember thinking back being like maybe this was like an impactful moment for me to become a vegetarian but maybe it wasn't maybe i was just like yeah they kill cows but i i i kind of felt that i thought maybe there was going to be a part of this movie where they were going to be like hey maybe like maybe we should stop eating meat because we're killing all the things that but it, it obviously doesn't go that way because it would be too preachy but I don't know. It no. did make yeah.
0: me... I don't eat red meat anymore, but I think watching this movie would have put me over the edge because of the Bondy forms with. Norman. I know. <laughs> How could you poor eat man. Norman? Norman.
3: I mean, I love Norman, but I also love a good steak. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. And, you know, at the end of the movie, he brings Norman home and Norman is the new pet and that's really wonderful and everything and uh, it's a surprise to the family, which, yeah, you don't surprise your family with... Agriculture—that's not cool, you know. You have to—that's a two-person decision. Two, two yeses, one no. Is the way yeah. that goes. But anyway, I would still eat. I would still eat Norman. He, all the other cows get eaten. Uh, they don't do anything for the rest of the cows. It's like, all these other cows we saved. Ah, we're probably chewing but, on them now. But what
2: I really, really liked about the ending was that like, I was like, maybe they... like I forgot the ending and I was trying to figure out what they do in the early 90s. And like maybe they like buy all the cows and they open their own ranch. And they're like, this is what we were meant to do. I found the one thing. But instead, they just go back to their lives. And, uh, and Billy Crystal is just like, I'll just do what I do kind of better I'll try to do better and I thought that was like a pretty great message for this movie it doesn't it doesn't take a huge change in your life it takes a change in you a little bit uh, for your midlife crisis to, to, to get yeah. over it which you know I think is I think is good because I was going to go to India and try to find myself so this is much easier if I can just be better that'd be nice yeah they yeah. are also not allowed to fly anywhere so yeah this works <laughs> out easier yeah yeah exactly. if you can just rent
0: city slickers <laughs> but in India they,
2: they like cows more so you know it's nice, yeah.
0: Uh, sure. But also, at the end, we see that Daniel Stern like hooks up with uh, Helen Slater.
2: That was kind of they sc- take scurry. a cab home. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't like that so much. I was like, too easy, guys. Why? <laughs> Why? E- well, yeah. because
0: they just yeah, they just kind of treat her as this weird like prize
2: to win. She's a total um, prop in this movie. Most all the women are, to be honest. She's Supergirl. She deserves better than that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is she in the
3: sequel? I don't
2: know. Is she the gold?
0: That they're all trying to find? (laughs) Okay. Here's another question I had, because in the sequel, uh, the whole thing that starts it off is Billy Crystal finds a treasure map in Curly's hat. Is that Curly's hat that he's wearing at the end? Because he takes off his Mets hat, and then when he rejoins his friends, he's wearing a cowboy hat. Is that Curly's hat? And if so, did he just steal it? He just from stole his corpse. Dead man's <laughs> hat. Yep. Yeah, he
3: did. Kind of fucked up. Yeah, that's pretty messed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think that that lady is in the sequel. I'm not seeing her in the uh, no. Probably and for also, the best.
0: while we're talking about the sequel, like from what I've read, because I don't really remember it that well, but like. He doesn't tell his because this whole thing is about him being like I'm going to be a better husband and father because that's the thing that's most important to me. And the sequel begins with him lying to his wife because he doesn't <laughs> tell her that he's going after this gold and abandoning <laughs> his kids.
2: It's like Jake Gyllenhaal is like having a uh, his like you know baseball game. He's like, "Where's dad? <laughs> oh, he's going after Curly's gold. Don't worry, he learned no, no, a lot he, of he's lessons." He's
0: lying about that, so he's like, "They're like, oh, dad's at a
3: conference, but then he, yeah, he's really." Yeah despicable oh, Yeah. On. well we'll be back to, I have some trivia and behind the scenes stuff right after this
1: short break head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott stream the new Hulu original limited series We Were the Lucky Ones with Joey King and Logan Lerman And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.
3: Okay, we're back. It's Rewatchability. We are talking about City Slickers. And do I have some trivia for you, City Slickers? (laughs) You think you're so smart with your edumacations. Well, let me give you some country wisdom.
2: (laughs) You have to spit a lot more. You have to spit a lot more.
3: (laughs) Okay, so Jack Palance was Billy Crystal's first choice for Curly in this movie. What famous cowboy movie inspired Billy Crystal to cast him? Oh. It's a movie that Jack Palance is in. Famously, I, I was trying to think of
0: because I know he's like a Western. Thompson <laughs> Robertson's. I know so few uh, early Westerns. Like I, I the, and the Jack Palance movies I've seen have all been like gangster movies and noirs. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, give us a
3: clue. Uh, John Wayne's in it.
0: That doesn't. That doesn't. That's matter. every <laughs> cowboy
2: movie. Uh, what uh, what okay.
0: letter does it start with?
2: S. <laughs> What? S S uh You can't look at imdb Oh, I'm right. looking at it. Okay, I think I know I think I know what you got. Okay, do you wanna guess? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been referenced in another movie too, JM. I, if this is the one, then it's been referenced in the negotiator. Okay, just tell me. I don't I don't know. In the negotiator it's okay to be wrong. Shane I'm wrong. It's Shane, right? It's Shane, yeah.
0: Oh, you know, I've never seen Shane, and I've always wanted to. Yeah, me, me too. Either.
2: We should do it on
3: the podcast. Yeah, I haven't seen it. No. <laughs> yeah. Also, fuck John Wayne. But also, um, <laughs> Billy Crystal, apparently this was the first movie that Billy Crystal ever saw, like at a movie theater. Uh, so it probably was his first movie that he ever saw. Oh, that's and cool. That didn't have VHS. And this is the craziest thing. He was sitting on his babysitter's lap, and his babysitter was... Billy Holiday. What?
2: Wait. wait, Yeah. Wait. (laughs) Wait, is that why he was named Billy? Oh, that would be crazy. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe. That's an amazing
0: story. Why didn't he tell
3: it on stage or something? (laughs) Well, if it was 701 Sundays. (laughs) (laughs) He could have gotten there. Wow. (laughs) Sorry, I just like the round number. (laughs) Yeah. His dad was a, a big jazz producer. Jazz, you know. Behind the scenes guy, so that's where the connection was. That's crazy. But yeah,
2: that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that is crazy. So what were we gonna say?
3: I was just gonna say, yeah, I'd like to watch
0: Shane. I I actually have been watching a few classic westerns lately because I I don't know a lot about old westerns, and I back to the idea of like watching movies that are like outside. It is kind of relaxing <laughs> and nice to you know to see these like big. Vistas, mm-hmm. you know the Monument Valley and all that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch Shane before
3: the next podcast. Do it. All right. Report back. Okay, number number two. Okay, so what does that say? <laughs> Billy Crystal and uh, Bruno Kirby worked together a bunch of times. Most famously in when Harry met Sally. What 1984 comedy do they also both appear in?
0: I I know. Blaine, do you know? No. Uh, They're both in the Spinal Tap, right? That's correct, yeah.
2: Nice.
3: Yeah, and there was a big thing about this, because Bruno Kirby, famously a great actor, was in Godfather Part 2, for Christ's sakes. But he wasn't in City Slickers 2. They replaced him with John Lovitz. And, you know, I like John Lovitz, but... Bruno Kirby, like, I mean, first, it seems weird that, like, you know, in this movie about three friends and they have a good time and, you know, they bond at the sequel, one of them's not there. Where's the other guy? What happened? Was there like, so, a
2: scheduling conflict? Uh,
3: I don't know. I mean, it, there is rumor of a big falling out between mm. Billy Crystal and Bruno Kirby. And some people seem to think that, like, maybe. Billy Crystal had some sort of hand in like interfering with Bruno Kirby's career. And of course, Bruno Kirby passed away, I think, in two thousand and six. And um yeah, after City Slickers, his he didn't do as many like really big roles. So I don't know. I tried to look on the internet, there isn't a lot of information. Yeah, I think the, like the official the story thing. was like that he didn't like the scripts. Oh, okay.
0: I can see the slickers too. It could be that. It could be that. But yeah, like you said, there's there's been a lot of rumors about about a falling out between the two. I think Billy Crystal got like really touchy about it when asked in an interview.
3: What yeah, happened. yeah, yeah. It's just a bit weird, but a bit sad. And uh, since he's gone, it's a little bit extra sad.
2: Um... It's
0: also yeah. It kind of like that's one of the things that really torpedoes the sequel. I mean, that, the movie's got a lot of problems, but. I mean the fact that the movie the first movie is about three close friends that's that's the whole thing and in the second yeah. one one <laughs> of them is just not there and then you bring in John Lovitz who again is a guy I obviously like and think is funny but when you bring in John Lovitz you also you know you bring the movie to a whole other kind of level of farce you know <laughs> like he uh he yeah. just he shifts things into into more of a comedy cuz this movie's not that funny like it's got i think it's got people that are supposed to be funny in it but like the you know there's a lot of there's death there's uh you know existential Life. crises uh yeah there's i don't know it's uh yeah it's, it's i think
3: it goes for the heart more than it goes for the laugh. totally yeah yeah okay so this movie was written by uh oh my god my handwriting's terrible it was written by uh Lowell Gans and uh, Babalu Mandel who uh, worked a bunch of times with Billy Crystal. I was wondering if you guys could name any of the uh, other movies they wrote for Billy. Uh, Crystal.
0: Yeah, I, I do know that they worked Did they do Mr. Saturday Night?
3: They did. Nice. Blaine, you got one
2: for us? Nope. Wow. <laughs> uh, okay. Sorry, I just can't think of many Billy well, Crystal movies. They also did City Slickers too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Father's Day
3: and Forget Paris. Um, so, okay. Yeah, I think it was five. It's not bad. No, that's pretty good. And they also wrote fucking <laughs> A League of Their Own. Oh, nice. Oh, I love that movie. It's a great movie. Yeah, it's so good. And uh, I think Splash, too. They, a bunch of Tom Hanks stuff, too. Um, so, good, good for them. Oh, yeah, I also had a question... The guy who plays the uh, construction worker, Robert Costanzo. Do you guys know which character he voiced in Batman: The Animated Series? Oh, was it Harvey Bullock? Yeah. <laughs> Such a, I mean, it's perfect, perfect casting.
0: You know, I I never knew that until, it, but as you were asking the question, I thought of his voice and was like immediately put it together. Yeah, I can't right? believe I never knew that. Whoa. Of course,
3: so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, I, I, that guy is he's probably the best actor in Hollywood that nobody knows who he is secretly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Well, this movie sort of came together. It was Billy Crystal's idea. He just had an idea. Hey, funny cattle driving friends. Uh, midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> the last part might not have been so much part of the plot as something he was going through. Uh, but then he sort of handed it off to these guys, to Gans and um, and the other guy, and they sort of went with it. It wasn't always going to be Billy Crystal as the star. It wasn't assumed that he was going to be the lead in this movie. They actually thought about getting people like uh, Robin Williams, mm-hmm. who obviously would have been great. It probably would have been a huge movie then. But for the part of Curly, like I said, they did want jack palance originally and that's sort of who it was written in mind for but because of scheduling content uh conflicts they had to ask a few other people and you can probably guess the sort of people they asked like they asked uh clint eastwood and he was like you feeling lucky punk <laughs> and uh bill crystal said yeah i'm feeling kind of lucky no he, he asked for too much money uh... he wanted a whole bunch of money to do the cowboy thing yeah and uh they also asked Charles Bronson. Oh, that would have been good. And uh, Charles Bronson was like, do you have a death wish? (laughs) He was in the movie Death Wish. (laughs) Apparently, he got really angry at Billy Crystal for even suggesting, for even asking him to do this movie. He got, like, super offended and even, like, threatened Billy Crystal, I think, you know, because he dared present this script to him where his character dies on page 68 mm. this is
0: like a big hollywood movie charles bronson was in like
3: canon films at that time in his career <laughs> yeah <laughs> it doesn't seem like a smart move by mr bronson <laughs> but uh yeah apparently he didn't want to uh he didn't want all that money and fame <laughs> it's a career
2: I guess, death uh, you
3: know Oscars are fine for
0: some people. Well, I am glad that it happened that way because Jack Palance is perfect in this. And the the movie, uh, I I think I was really getting tired of it around the uh, half hour mark. 35 minute mark and that's mm-hmm. exactly when jack palance steps in and mm-hmm. immediately reinvigorates the story oh yeah well, he just, absolutely he just brings
2: some tension to an otherwise like tensionless i don't care about any of these characters movie he you know that uh he's like have you killed me today and he's like day ain't over yet like i just yeah. <laughs> i just love that line the way he delivers it yeah, it's great. Well,
0: also it's good because, again, because I kind of find Billy Crystal annoying, like, it's nice to have a guy not find him funny. Because in the whole yeah. opening part of the movie, everyone's like, oh, you're so funny. Oh, your husband's so funny. And it's like, is he? I guess he's funny <laughs> for, like, an advertising <laughs> guy on a radio. Yeah, But, uh, yeah, like, having, having him do his shtick and and uh, this. Imagine uh, living with that guy? Yeah,
2: he needed a straight man to, like, bounce off of for sure.
0: Oh, that was another weird thing about like the the kind of idea of him like having an affair with the Helen Slater character. Helen Slater looks just like the woman from Thirty Something who plays his wife. Like, why did they cast an actress who looks virtually identical
3: <laughs> to his wife? Has mm-hmm. He has a type. He has a type. Yeah, yeah. What else can we say about City
2: Slickers?
0: Um... It was directed by Ron Underwood, who. Oh uh, yeah,
2: that's right.
0: Made a little movie called
2: Tremors. Yeah. Oh man, I love Tremors. Yeah. Which I know we've talked
0: about on the show. I don't know if we talked about it at the time, but it was his debut, right? Like that—that was the first movie he made. That's crazy.
2: It's so good. Knocked
0: out of the park. So good. And this is also about friends hanging out in the desert. Yeah,
2: true. True. Getting stranded. (laughs) He was on a real roll, like a tumbleweed.
0: (laughs) And then he went on. What else did he make? He made. uh, Blaine, you're going to love this run of films that he made because he made. He made Tremors. Then the next year, he made City Slickers. Wow. Then two years after that, he made Heart and Souls with Robert Downey Jr.
2: Oh, I yeah. wanted to do that on a podcast.
0: Yeah. I like and then that he made movie. Sp- the year after that, he made Speechless with uh, Michael Keaton and Gina Davis, which I also
2: saw in the theater. Wow. Maybe we should just do a, a Ron Underwood run. Little Ron yeah. cattle drive ourselves. Yeah. He's been mostly
3: working in uh, TV recently. He hasn't done any uh, big films in quite a number of years. I think the last really big film he did was like Mighty Joe Young. Well, after the Mighty Joe Young,
0: he made one of the most famous bombs in Hollywood, which was The Adventures of Pluto Nash.
3: Um, right. Uh, yeah.
0: So that I'm sure that had a uh, an effect.
2: Yeah. Did
3: you hear that uh, apparently... Eddie Murphy quit acting because he didn't want to because he won like the worst actor at the Razzies. Oh, yeah. come on! That's really sad, yeah. and it kind of makes me hate the Razzies. Like, no. maybe, uh, maybe we could stop that. I
2: think, yeah. like, but Sandra Bullock she won the Razzie the same year she won the Oscar, right? And she showed up to the Razzies to accept the award. Like, I feel like if you can't make fun of yourself a little bit, I don't know. Yeah, but
3: the Razzies is stupid. Yeah, and, like, just, like, it's it's okay to be mean sometimes, but if your whole thing is to be mean, like, it just gets a bit old. Sometimes you're just like, you know, yeah, it's not funny anymore if you're just, that's your default.
0: They gave the, a Razzie to uh, Shelley Duvall for The Shining, I think. How long
3: has that been happening, the <laughs> Razzies? <laughs> I
0: don't know.
3: Is it, like, one 80-year-old guy who just hates everything? <laughs> it's just Jack Balance. Maybe Pluto Nash is brilliant <laughs> next week, Pluto Nash, okay, so
2: let's do the thing, Blaine, <laughs> did you think this was a rewatchable film? You know if you would have told me that like this old Billy Crystal film that's about three men whom you don't like that have done horrible things or just I don't know milk toast things that are going through, like, some sort of midlife crisis, I would have been like, yeah, that sounds awful. Like, that sounds like something that I wouldn't want to see. But then I watched it, and there's so many delightful lines, and Billy Crystal is at his Billy Crystalist, and um, he came out of the Billy Crystalist. And it, I just... he He's a beautiful butterfly of comedy in this, and uh, and Bruno Kirby's... Okay, good. so uh, moving on and, from Blaine. And, and <laughs> Stern is good. And listen to my metaphors. And... Um, and i just uh, it it's not a great film and i don't think it should have gotten like it should have been as big as it was but i, I for for something that was made in 91 i think it's really fun something to revisit and uh and, and something that i that i quite liked but maybe that's just because i'm going to turn 39 at some point and i want to feel like i can birth a calf i don't know but i i, I <laughs> yeah i i found it very rewatchable um surprisingly rewatchable cuz i was kind of afraid going into this movie and like you jam the first half hour i was like okay <laughs> like let's get to it i'm i'm checking my phone too much um and uh <laughs> but then when it picks up it really does and 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 i quite liked it uh, what about you jam
0: i don't know i'm kind of right on the line for this one uh i think that it's pretty a lot of it's pretty datey, dated and cringy and uh I I don't think I don't think uh the idea of like <laughs> like a rich, successful, you know, happily married guy like having this kind of projected turmoil like plays the same now as it did at the time. I don't know, did you guys see uh This is Forty?
3: Oh, I hate This Is Forty. No, I never yeah, saw it. Yeah,
0: like that was the movie that like killed that <laughs> some <laughs> genre for me. Like uh there's a scene where like uh Paul Rudd has like a mental breakdown where he's like crying behind the wheel of his BMW. Right.
3: Over like <laughs> you know over how over
0: a business uh, problem. Right.
3: Uh, so Yeah. And then one of his celebrity friends has to get on a shoulder to cry on or something. And then the whole like <laughs> that movie not to good. enough on a whole tangent about that but like
0: the whole thing is like his boutique record label isn't going to do well and he doesn't want to tell his wife and then finally he tells his wife and she's like let's just sell our mansion and buy a slightly smaller mansion and we'll just live off the difference in price and he's like "Oh, okay. I failed as a man and then at the end they go sit, go to a concert and his wife is like oh you should sign Ryan Adams and that'll <laughs> fix your problems he was like oh great and uh, spoiler alert that would not fix your problems <laughs> <laughs> flashing forward a few years that's (laughs) it's not the way to do it but uh but yeah no i i don't respond to that even though like yeah i'm right around that age like that probably should hit me in the same way but it i i guess like it 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 doesn't because i think it's it's so wishy-washy about like the actual like problems he's having or like you know it's just kind of this general abstract malaise i think not in any kind of insightful way but just probably to be as unspecific as possible and appeal to the most amount of people watching it as possible and i think it's just silly i don't i think his his character or the character of his wife is just so uh you know bland and hollow and uh and unrealistic that it just like it it makes me like think it doesn't let me get invested in his character like mm-hmm. i got invested so much in the supporting characters in this movie. Like they, the movie succeeds only for me because of, uh, of the Bruno Kirby and Daniel Stern characters. Cause they're great. And it's not just that they're like stories are more interesting and nuanced. It's also that like, because we have that backdrop of like actual, uh, you know, drama playing out uh, or resonating with me for them, like the comedic bits that they have also become like way funnier. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the moments that I actually laughed out loud watching this movie were all Bruno Kirby and Daniel Stern, you know, losing it or you know something uh, attached to this character. Like Billy Crystal just doing Billy Crystal shtick didn't make me laugh in this movie. Uh, so I I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I uh, yes, it's kind of it's kind of. It's kind of rewatchable. I think a lot of it's not, but it's got a good structure. I mean, like, look, I gasped when they put the uh, gun in the mouth of the baby cow. I, oh, my God. I did get pretty invested <laughs> by the end of it. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. And one other thing I do want to point out, one other highlight is the the Mark Shaman score, which is cl- oh, yeah. clearly influenced by a lot of classic Western music. That I do know, but I... I I think it's it's quite good and and you know gets you into it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll yeah, I'm gonna say slightly not rewatchable, and I'll leave it to Rob to be the
3: tiebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm I'm gonna say it's rewatchable. I thought you know I thought that there was a lot of uh, pitfalls that this movie couldn't could have stepped into that it didn't, and like yeah, like there's also been like a, quite a few of those midlife crisis dude movies, and they're sort of like they're all sort of bad and they usually have like John Travolta and Morgan Freeman and that sort of thing. And I thought this might be that I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't. And, you know, there was a bunch of things that sort of clicked with me emotionally, like uh, the cowboy stuff. I mean, the curly, the curly relationship, like it's so perfect. It's just the way that it's executed. It, it makes me feel so warm. And I, yeah, I understand that like, Billy Crystal's problems are I mean, they're so stupid, you know But at the same time You know, I think that it's relatable That a lot of our problems are stupid And we don't, like, recognize The ways that we're privileged And we get stuck in the dumps And we're like, ah Why doesn't anything feel good? Why do I feel like my life is going nowhere? And I I kind of I kind of like the way that this sort of Resolved that and sort of played with it And it did it in a way that was that didn't involve like puffing up your chest and like being the most manly man that you could it was about like you know sharing your feelings and talking about it and having like you know positive experiences and yeah the criticism of the movie aside i i had a fun time watching it and yeah it, it felt good i like the relationships of the main characters yeah there are definitely some some things that are uh very 90s about it you know very progressive and uh enlightened but uh i think overall i think overall is a good one you know i would even go so far as to watch city slickers 2 the legend oh, of curly wow. gold because i i just want some more of that curly you know <laughs> i need some of those curly fries you some know curly i just uh... <laughs> And I think there's is there rumors of a City Slickers three? I think they keep on saying that they're. There well, might they did be...
0: that like funnier or die did a like City Slickers Westworld mashup video. Oh, did they? Yeah, with with Billy Crystal. Well,
2: That's kind of fun.
3: Oh, I wonder. Oh, I can't. Well, anyway, because I saw you know Billy Crystal's daughter plays his daughter in this movie, and yeah. she also that
0: explains why they didn't get Maggie
3: Gyllenhaal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But his daughter directed that really funny when Harry met Sally two parody with Helen Mirren and Billy Crystal. It was like how did how did they get Billy Crystal for a funny or die thing right. well, but maybe she directed that well, mm-hmm. I don't know. But that's Rewatchability for this week. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts where you can rate us and leave a little review. That helps. You can go to Patreon if you'd like to become a Patreon and get those early ad-free and sometimes bonus episodes. And we're on Twitter. We're at Rewatchability there. And we're also on Instagram where we're at Rewatchability. And we're on Facebook. If you have a movie that you would like us to talk about, you can give us a, an email. Shoot us an email. At rewatchability at gmail.com some excellent foley work there and yeah until until next week uh i don't know any words of wisdom sage sage words of advice uh i don't know i just feel like i'm lost (laughs) i don't know we can go on a cattle drive go
0: get your go get your (laughs) smile back
3: yeah (laughs) hey i found
2: it oh okay it's weed
3: we. <laughs> it was weed all along
2: it is for everyone Rob it is for everyone
1: head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long catch the acclaimed movie all of us strangers starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott stream the new Hulu original limited series we were the lucky ones with Joey King and Logan Lerman